Hey, it's Clark here with Servant.co with Chris O'Dell. Chris, how are you, sir? Hello, sir. I'm wonderful. Awesome, awesome. I've been really looking forward to this call because um, you're doing some really cool stuff. And uh, I wanted to first just ask you, um, in terms of missionary work and how you got involved in missions, what what kind of brought you to where you are today? What What got you started with mission work? Sure, that's a great question. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, and so I had kind of a lot of exposure to church, if you will, but it didn't really click for me in the way that it was my own until high school, and a big part of that was being involved in short-term missions. Uh, we did some stuff. I'm originally from Minnesota, okay. and we did some stuff in uh, Chicago, uh, helping people rebuild their homes and do some other stuff like that, but a big one for me was my uh, first trip to Ecuador when I was a junior in high school. I have ended up going back three times since that first trip. And then in college, I had a chance to take a trip to Taiwan, actually. And that's where I sort of uh, fell in love with this awesome country and really sensed a clear calling from God that um, whatever I end up doing with my life, I have the opportunity to, to spread the love of Jesus to people. It doesn't matter if I'm in banking or a pastor, or um, teaching students, or whatever I end up doing, that we have this unprecedented opportunity to spread the love of Jesus around the world. Uh, that's pretty amazing. So maybe the trips when you were younger kind of built, helped build you up uh, the courage to go somewhere like Taiwan? Yeah, they did. They really um, helped me to engage different cultures and helped me to understand some of the process of what it feels like to be overseas. And actually, f my parents uh, didn't tell me this until I was heading out to, to move out here, but they kind of knew before I was even born that, that this was part of God's calling on my life. And so they actually named me Christopher because of that. Um, Christopher actually, from the original Greek, means bearer of Christ. And so the idea was taking Jesus around the world and, uh, and being a part of his work wherever God sends me. So That's pretty prophetic. Yeah. Um, and... It's something I think a lot of people. I mean, I'm relatively young in my 30s, and I think you're you're a younger guy too. Is it something where you feel like you wanted to go somewhere, maybe totally different? Because you'd mentioned Latin America or Central America. It, you know, Asia is kind of like this new frontier a little bit. Did it feel uh, different to you, or what? What specifically brought you to Taiwan? Just the trip you took before? Or? Yeah, I. Um... I, w I ended up going to a Christian school for college, and our school would send out several missions trips every spring and summer. So I ended up signing up for the trip to Thailand uh, after my freshman year. It was going to be the, the year, my sophomore year, I was going to end up going on this trip. And so I was in the process of signing up for it. And when I received my acceptance letter, I... I got one to Taiwan, and I thought maybe it was just a spelling error. You know, they're both in Asia. Maybe they're, maybe the person was a little bit confused or whatnot. So I went into the office, and I, I was talking to the director, and I mentioned to him, you know, I think you guys got the spelling wrong. Uh, and he said, no, we had been praying for you, and we really sensed that God was, um, was leading us to put you on the Taiwan team. So God kind of took the situation a different direction than I thought I was planning on going. And, and while I was out here, I had some of the most powerful experiences with God that I've had my entire life. And it was during those times that God really uh, reiterated.
path that he's been leading me on. And then, um, and then coming back home, Taiwan just, I just couldn't get away from it, I guess. Uh, we, I ended up getting married uh, to the team leader that had brought us out here our sophomore year, and she and I were praying about what God was leading us to do, and we had an invitation to China, and we had an invitation to Wyoming, which is certainly a different culture from where I'm from, uh, but none of those really clicked, you know, and we didn't sense that peace from God, and, and when we got a phone call inviting us to come out here to Taiwan and to start this community house and this mission that we're working on now, it just, we really sensed that, that peace from God. And it was that piece that had been, had, had was kind of a driving factor in everything. And, I mean, obviously, uh, you felt that piece in a way. Do you feel rewarded from following that piece, from following that calling? Of course, yeah. There's, um, I kind of think of Jesus' words in the gospel when he says, uh, those of you who who leave family and who leave the comfort um, are sure to be rewarded in this life and in the next. And I think um, while there have been sacrifices financially and um, certainly we're not without problems here on our end, uh, whether it's dealing with team communication issues or having struggles with some of the different missions we're working on, um, I do sense a, a, real, um, a real sense of rewarding for what I'm doing, seeing yeah. people's lives changed and being part of something that is uh, bringing people hope for today and and hope for eternity, transformation today and hope forever. Uh, that's really a special thing. And, you know, the <laughs> the rewards are just getting started, so to speak. There's certainly sacrifice, but um, we need to live in light of eternity. Right. And I think that that's kind of a, an important thing to stress because a lot of people look at mission work uh, as a one-way street like okay i just give of myself and it's a sacrifice and of course like you said there are sacrifices but oftentimes i've been hearing uh that sometimes you the reward is is definitely there and you can feel it as you mentioned the peace that you felt uh, with that decision catch me up to right now so you're in taiwan and you have this really cool concept it's like a coffee shop slash church yeah so when we first moved here we we had sensed God leading us to a particular district that's more of like a arts, shopping, and entertainment district. And we knew that the rent was going to be higher than what our demographic we're reaching out to could necessarily afford to sustain on their own, like as a traditional church. And so we knew from the beginning that things would look different, whether it was like a house church that we were doing or, or something else. And it ended up happening that as we were praying with our team together and spending a lot of time uh, just looking at the possibilities, God really opened a door for us to start this coffee shop. And so we found a building in the area, um, three floors of a building actually, and we started renting it. And then uh, we were trying to do some fundraising and that didn't work out the way we had planned. So we ended up doing a lot of the remodeling by hand over the course of a few months. And then we launched um, weekly church services and the coffee shops open six days a week. Uh, January 2012. So we've reached our two-year mark, which is a, a, a big hill to climb for a lot of small businesses, statistically speaking. And it's just been incredible to see how God has used the coffee shop as a window into the community to, to reach out to people. Uh, there's one girl in particular I'm thinking of who 
we were doing uh, meetings in our apartment before we got the building, and she came to one of those meetings, and she um, just never wanted to come back. And she lives right down the block from us, so when the coffee shop opened, she would walk by the coffee shop every day. Yeah. And she was finally drawn in by an English outreach that we were doing one time. And at that point, um, she just came for practicing English as kind of a safe place in the community. And then she started coming to church and she got saved. I was able to baptize her recently. And she's growing in her faith and she's starting to disciple other people. And I can't think of anything better than that as the picture of what we're looking for. Come in through the coffee shop and meet the aroma, so to speak. Uh, modeled after the verse in Second Corinthians where Paul says that everywhere we go, we're the aroma of Christ. We spread that smell of Jesus wherever we go. Come in through the coffee shop and meet the aroma. Become the aroma in the church. Um, know Jesus and, and let Jesus change your life and affect you. And then our eventual goal is to have um, a missions training center for Taiwanese. Right now we host a lot of short-term teams and interns from the States, but our eventual goal is to be able to raise up Taiwanese people and send them out to spread the aroma all over Taiwan, Asia, and the world. It's, that's, that's amazing. And one a part of that, uh, there's a couple of parts that are really interesting to me, but one part in particular, you talked about uh, English. Like, Were you guys doing a language class or something like that? Yep. On Friday nights, we have a, we call it language exchange. And so the idea is that they teach us a little Chinese and we teach them a little English. And every week we have a different topic. We have uh, on our team, there are a number of foreigners and, uh, sorry, foreigners to the Taiwanese. So most of them are uh, from the States and we have one guy from Canada. Uh, but we, every week we have five or six teachers that volunteer and they, one of them creates a topic and then it's a really kind of a relaxed atmosphere uh, where we gather around tables in the coffee shop and we just invite people to practice their English. And usually we try to design one or two of the questions to lead to spiritual conversations, but we're not pushy. Uh, it is amazing to see the level of interest that people have and their um, their initial desire to kind of learn more about uh, foreign culture or to hear interest in Jesus. And a lot of those people have, have checked out our small groups during the week or our church service on Sunday evenings. Um, and God's doing great things in their lives. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I mean, I'm thinking of the Taiwanese people. Are they receptive to this? Are they traditionally uh, Buddhist? Or what what are you seeing kind of when you're meeting them cold for the first time? Taiwan, um, I forget who the statistic is from, but there's there's a statistic out there that says Taiwan has more temples per capita than any other nation in the world. And certainly there's a uh, spiritual darkness. It's kind of a blend of, uh, of Buddhism and animism, ancestral worship, and a little bit of Taoism. And so these temples are everywhere, little ones, big ones. And, but there is a sense in which, uh, in a similar fashion to uh, millennials, if you will, uh, the younger generation is kind of leaving the church and looking for, for something more, um, they're, they're not just willing to carry on their parents' beliefs. And it's the same way here in, in Taiwan. There's a certain sense in which a lot of people that are in their um, college years or their 20-somethings are, are searching. There's a hunger inside of them. And as they start to hear about Jesus, there's certainly an interest that's, that's, that's peaked. Sometimes um, 
it takes a while. Traditionally, they plan on having people have to spend a couple of years in relationship with you before they're even willing to chat about that. My uh, experience is that it, the conversations are available right away. Jesus says, um, he's talking to the disciples and he says, you say four months and then the harvest, like you have the math figured out. You know exactly how to figure this out. But I say, look up towards heaven. The field is ripe for the harvest. And that's Jesus saying, when you follow the Holy Spirit, there's always something that I'm doing. And so open your eyes and look with faith at where where I'm working in these people's lives and partner with me in that. So so we just start the conversations, you know, when we see them and, and take advantage of those. But the cool thing is, you know, people are coming. People are coming to Christ. I think of one guy who's uh, helping to lead our financial department right now uh, in the church. He heard us singing in the church service one Sunday night and then came in the coffee shop every day of the week for the next two weeks after that, uh, reading Hunger Games in English and practicing his English with us. And um, within, I think, a month or two after that, he gave his life to Christ and got baptized. And now he's helping to help us with some of the finances for the church in terms of getting things organized. And it's really amazing to see, you know, it doesn't, there's no formula, there's no perfect formula, but there is certainly a hunger and God is meeting his people in those ways. And, you know, with the government, is it relatively, are they open and uh, relatively supportive? I know people would think Asia, sometimes you're dealing with some, some tough stuff there. Yeah, Taiwan is technically um, an open nation, and so there's no um, resistance from the government in the same way as you might think of, you know, North Korea or China or something like that. It's it's definitely very free and open, and we're allowed to evangelize on the streets if we want to when we take those chances. Um, so there's there's certainly a, a level of freedom. We found that sometimes families that are very uh, traditional Buddhist. Uh, sometimes struggle with it a little bit more. And so one of our goals in the next year or two is to really connect more deeply with those families and to bridge the gap between um, sort of the sense they may have that we're stealing their babies away. uh, Right, less polarizing. Yeah, inviting them into the community as well and letting them see that it's a safe place for their kids. And, and, you know, we're, we're offering something of value. Every family wants their child to know English well. That's sort of one of the keys to success here. Um, and there's these cram schools that we're able to teach in, and that's how we get our visas. Um, and that's also how we raise a lot of our support, a lot of the people that are on our on our team here from outside of Taiwan. And so uh, in those schools, a lot of them are focused on teaching the kids English so that they can uh, have more opportunities to connect with um, literature from the Western world and to get jobs that are... Um, pay that pay a little bit better and stuff like that so right yeah that's so that's really interesting i didn't even think of the visa issue so you've kind of got this thing where you're teaching english in in, in like you said these cram schools where they're trying to learn a yep. lot in a short period of time uh yep. you have the coffee shop which is i'm assuming run just like any other business would be right yep and then open have, six days a week taking a day off on monday okay and then you have the church which is kind of integrated into the coffee shop Yep, it's it's got its own separate set of finances and whatnot, but um, <clears throat> the church meets in the coffee shop, and we have our small groups in one part there. And then since the coffee shop's divided by levels, it's it offers some great flexibility. We have on the first floor, it's just the coffee bar uh, and some places to sit, and that's kind of where we make most of our food and whatnot. 
And then up on second floor, seating for 30 to 40 people during the week. And then we moved the tables to the back and set up more rows of chairs for service on Sunday evening. But then down in the basement, we have uh, some some prayer room space that's open all day, every day for people to go down there and, and spend some time with the Lord in kind of a special place and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's it's this big hodgepodge conglomeration of different things colliding and it's it's really neat to see god do things in the context of that space absolutely and it seems like as i'm hearing all this i'm thinking man there's got to be a lot of needs i mean what for people listening what is it that you guys need most um well first of all we just love having people um partner with us in prayer and so we have i'm not sure if we're going to be able to get any links up on the site or whatnot but we love to have people connected with our newsletter we try to send it out like once or twice a month and it's just updates on how the coffee shop's doing and ways to pray for that maybe events coming up outreaches we're doing and then praying for the church and and growth and leadership and and different discipling things we're doing and then praying for the mission side of things and we have interns and short-term teams come first and most important thing to do is definitely to pray um financially speaking we have my wife and i are 50 percent supported from our sending organization the Christian Missionary Alliance, and then I get a salary of about $500 a month for working in the coffee shop. But then um, other than the rest of that, we raise our support uh, through partners, church, uh, churches back home, friends and family and whatnot, and so there's a need there. And then our coffee shop uh, and church, we're looking to do some remodeling here in the next year, and so we want to kind of fix our lighting system and help develop some some more comfortable atmosphere for people that are coming. But the big project that I'm really excited about is we sense that God is calling us to launch more coffee shop church plants like this around Taiwan. And we're not sure where the next location is going to be yet or or how many locations. I would love to have 100, but that's kind of my over-the-top big visionary picture. (laughs) Regardless, uh, we sense that God is calling us to launch another one of these just in the next couple of years. And so we would need some help with kind of the initial seed capital. The great news is that at this point, we're, we don't have any debt in the coffee shop, and we're able to pay most of the bills every month. So we're looking forward to being able to launch another site somewhere that would be able to do a similar thing. Reach out in the community through business as mission, and then train and disciple people in the church and prepare them for what it means to live the Jesus life wherever they go, whatever they're doing. That's fantastic. And uh, yeah. your website, or where, where can people look online? And we'll link the newsletter uh, as well. But is there a certain place you'd like them to go? Yeah, we have um, the the newsletter link is a little bit harder to get to, so I'd love to have that link directly. But our website as a ministry is thearoma.tw. That's thearoma.tw. And on that website, you'll see a coffee shop. And a lot of that stuff's in Chinese, but the first link is kind of on the homepage there. And then we have a section for the church, and you can listen to uh, some recent sermons and get some different materials there. And then if there's a third link on the top right called Envision. And Envision is the branch of the Christian and Missionary Alliance that sent us out here. And they really love helping partner with churches and individuals who want to uh, sense God's calling on their lives and, and step out in faith and come join us. And so there's actually 14 Envision sites around the world. 
and you can sign up to bring like your youth group out here uh, for a 10-day trip or sign up as an intern to come out here for anywhere between six weeks and two years. And so we'd love to have people consider that. All that information is, is in links and whatnot on the website. Um, but our personal newsletter, I can help you get linked up to that. Awesome, Chris. Well, as it, well. It's been a pleasure, um, and I'm going to uh, put this uh, information here on our website, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much, sir. Bless you. Thank you.